Welcome to the Gap Exchange. Today we're going to talk about the wild card and how these teams made it to wild card weekend. The first game that I'd like to talk about before we get to that is the Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Washington football team ended up winning that game 20-14 to and ended up winning the division with a 7-9 record to keep the Giants out of the playoffs. The main thing about the game is the decision-making by the coach, Doug Peterson. Like, what was Doug thinking? If you guys didn't see the game or haven't heard, Doug Peterson benched Jalen Hurts. He already had Carson Wentz not dressed because he burnt that bridge. Carson's going to be on a different team in a different uniform next uh, year. So he dressed two quarterbacks, and that was Jalen Hurts and Nate Sudfeld. So, Doug Pearson benches uh, Jalen Hurts and goes with Nate Sudfeld to win the game. So, why did he bench Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts was having not the greatest game. He had a 35% completion rate. Maybe it was 32%, somewhere around there, and uh, interception. But he also had two rushing touchdowns. So, they had to respect him getting out of the pocket and his run game. So, he thought he was playing... Poorly. So he puts in Nate Sudfeld to lead him down the field and potentially win the game. Needless to say, Nate Sudfeld threw for 32 yards and in an interception to finish the game. So I couldn't imagine what, like, what was going through Doug Pearson's mind. What was he thinking? I was like, well, I uh, drew up the Philly special and we brought that out. So I was like, hey, wait till you see this. This is going to blow your mind. Jalen Hurts comes out. The team, a couple teammates want to attack Doug Peterson for taking him out, thinking he's not trying to win the game because actually is he trying to win the game? Anyway, throughout the season, I think that's going to be our biggest head-scratcher. Uh, were, they, were the Philadelphia Eagles trying to tank for maybe a better draft pick or what have you? I just don't know. If not, then that was the worst call for a coach of the year by far. And I would definitely have to say that that loss really hurts. All right, we have a jam-packed weekend of football starting Saturday with the Indianapolis Colts at 11-5 going to Buffalo, who are 13-3. Buffalo is starting out as a six-and-a-half favorite over the Colts. Indianapolis is a team that can win any game. They've proven that with their Phil Rivers at the reins. Sometimes he looks really good. Sometimes he looks really bad. He's kind of old. that tries to make those throws I used to throw and can't quite make them. So, I mean, that could be a problem or that could be a gift depending on if he can actually get the ball downfield. Uh, but the Colts have those hog mollies up front um, and a great running back group led by Taylor that could really control the game. Uh, the end of the season just outside the top 10 in rushing with at that 1914 yards uh, I believe if they have relied if they had relied more on the rushing game and not relied on old man Phil to make plays they could have had a few more wins control the game use that number one or top three or five defense whatever they finished in for the year I think it might have been number two defense number two uh, check me on that and uh, control the clock I think they will won more games than their 11 wins. But they didn't, so hopefully they start playing like that in the playoffs, and I think they could go pretty far if that's the case. If not, and they rely on old man Phil's arm, uh, they could be one and done. Uh, It's really up to the play calling. 
And at this moment, Buffalo is playing just as good as anyone. Winning the division for the first time in 20 years. The Bills Mafia are, are slamming people through tables left and right. Josh Allen's throwing bombs to Stephon Diggs. They're breaking records left and right. Uh, Diggs led the NFL in yards and receptions. Allen was top four in the MVP voting. I mean, they are booming at the right time. They're, they are clicking. So um, it's going to be a tough call with Josh Allen playing so well, and they got that one-two punch with Singletary and Moss. It'll be hard to stop, but I think defense wins championships, and there's a defense out of these two teams that's been playing quite well the whole year. Um, even with COVID and some injuries that they've had, they've all stepped up. So the Colts run the ball, and if they throw under 30 times, I think the Colts will will win the game. They'll upset the Bills in the first round round of the playoffs, the, the uh, wild card round. So six and a half favorite for the Bills. I have the little ponies moving on and upsetting the Bills. The next game after that on Saturday uh, is NFC West showdown between the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. They split the first two meetings. The Rams offense uh, is really good when Jared Goff is behind center, but we saw him last week, and it didn't look as well, or as good, excuse me. Um, Goff passed for over 4,000 yards, but he injured his thumb a couple weeks ago, and they don't know if he'll be able to be in the game. If he's not in the game, I think it's totally different. I think Seattle just does whatever they want. Uh, I don't think the Rams will be able to move the ball. They'll have to be very creative, which they have the guy uh, calling the plays to be very creative to get the ball down the field. But I just don't think they'll be able to do it without uh, Jared Goff at the helm. He kind of leads the offense. He's the general on the field. And they got a great guy on the sideline calling the plays, but I don't think the backup's going to be able to do what Goff could do. So, um, if that is the case and Goff is out, the Rams' defense ended the season ranking first in total defense, led by the monster in the middle, Aaron Donald. He has been forced to be reckoned with. He's been defensive player of the year. They got some help in the secondary from Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the top cornerbacks in the league. So with a good pass rush and a solid secondary play, it will be harder for Russell Wilson to get the ball downfield. But I don't think the defense can hold up being on the field all the time. Um, I think the Rams will have a lot of three and outs. I don't think they'll get their offense clicking if Goff is out. So that's a big concern. If Goff's out, Seahawks win by landslide. If Goff is in, I think it's going to be a tight one. Uh, Seahawks have the lock in Metcalf. They're balling out. Um, they got Carson running the ball. So I think uh, although the Rams finished the season better with the in stats, the Seahawks finished with a better record of twelve and four to win the West. So yeah, the Rams are putting up some great stats, but the Seahawks are putting up wins. So Seahawks are three-and-a-half favorite. They'll win the game by multiple touchdowns and move on to the next round. The last game, the night game, 
of Saturday is the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Washington football team. Um, there's been a lot of chatter back and forth. Chase um, called out, um, called out. Tom Brady said he wanted Tom. Well, he's going to get Tom. And I don't know if it's going to be a good thing. First, know that I'm a big Alex Smith fan. He's won everywhere he's gone. He has been stopped by injuries a couple of his um, on a couple of his teams, which has ended his, his time with those teams. Um, but he's the toughest, most resilient guy in the league right now. He kind of reminds you of Brett Favre. Uh, he's a guy who was told he may lose his leg, wasn't sure if he'd even live, comes back two years later to start in the playoffs. That's just amazing. That's unheard of. Uh, not everyone can make that journey. It takes a lot of mental strength to keep getting after it every day. I mean, that's two years of recovery to get back to where he is now. He will definitely win comeback player of the year, no questions. But even with Smith back behind center, I don't know if the 7-9 Washington football team will be able to score on the Bucks or stop that passing attack that Tom Brady and company, even though we all know that Chase Young and that Washington football team defense finished the year second in total defense. I think, uh, unfortunately for Chase Young calling Tom Brady out, that Tom Brady is going to be raining touchdowns on him. The 11-5 Bucks are an eight-point favorite and will beat the Washington football team easily. The last time that the Washington football team beat Tom Brady was in week four of the 2014 season, and I just don't see that happening again. So that wraps up Saturday football. Uh, moving on to Sunday night or Sunday day and night games. The first game of Sunday includes the 11-5 Ravens going to Tennessee to face the Titans, who are also 11-5. Uh, the last meeting, meeting, the Titans won 30-24. Mike Rabel seems to have the Ravens' number. He knows how to defend a quarterback that can run. Um, really makes Lamar Jackson have to show off his arm talent uh, to beat his team, and it just hasn't been there the past couple times they have played the, uh, the Ravens. This could be one of the fastest games, if not the fastest game, of the playoffs. Uh, these two teams come in to this game as the top two rushing offenses of this year. King Henry will tote the rock 30 times and own the clock and keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. If that, if I was the coach, if I was Mike Vrabel, that would be my game plan. Let's hand it to Henry as many times as we have to to keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. All right, Make it so they can't run the ball because they don't have enough time. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's playing great right now. He's clicking with Brown and Davis. Uh, Corey Davis has become the receiver that they've always wanted. They're the, he's become the receiver that they drafted and hoped he would become. He's really showing out this year. Uh, the team that falls behind by more than one score, this is my prediction, the team that falls behind by more than one score will be the team that loses the game. With the, each team depending on the run game so much, it's just going to be hard for them to catch up. Uh, like I said, they're 1-2 in running and rushing, so they don't pass, but when they do pass, it's usually off play action or they use their run game to set up their passing game. 
So you gotta think, keep that in mind if the clock is running out and the play action may not be there. They know it's a passing situation, so that play action isn't gonna work. So you're gonna have to have one of these two guys sit back in the pocket and try to decipher defense and neither one of them is Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. I don't think either one of them is a really great pocket quarterback. I would choose Tannehill over Lamar Jackson if I was just talking about staying in the pocket and pocket presence. Anyway, uh, I have the Titans uh, continuing to own the Ravens as they're the three-and-a-half-point underdog. So that would be another upset. Titans over Ravens. Titans move on in the AFC playoffs. The second game on Saturday is my Bears coming in at a whopping 8-8. Eight and eight. Thank you, Cardinals. Um, going to New Orleans, who sit at 12-4. and four. Uh, These two teams squared off in the regular season. It was a very close game. The closeness of this game is somewhat overshadowed by something that happened during the game. Um, if you didn't get to watch the game, I'll kind of set the storyline for you. For some reason, Javon Mims, I don't even know why he was in the game. I don't think he's very good. There's probably a couple guys that should have been. Maybe we had some people hurt. There's, I don't know. But he was in the game and started punching Saints safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out on the field right in front of everyone. Uh, I was kind of, per- I was perplexed. I didn't know what was going on. He just started wailing on this guy's helmet. Um, they did some replays. They went back a couple plays. It looked like Gardner Johnson ripped Javon Mims' mouthpiece out. And then a couple plays later, he Mims tried to rip Gardner Johnson's out and couldn't get it. So instead, he just lost his marbles and thought it would be a great idea to start punching him in front of the ref before the play started. This was a huge, huge play in turn of events in the game that that game ended 26-23, three-point game, and the Bears were moving the ball, and this was a personal foul, 15-yard uh, penalty, which really turned the game. If I, was, if I were the coach or GM or had any say in what the Bears were doing, I would have cut Mims right after the game. He lost the game for us. It's, it wasn't like he made a mistake and dropped a pass or fumbled a ball. He did something really stupid right in front of everyone. So that's just my say. Hopefully he's not on the field Sunday so he doesn't cost the Bears a game again. But um, that's the coach's call. That game also had Nick Foles at the helm. In my opinion, this team's a lot better with Mitch running the show as long as he is set up for success. What do I mean by set up for success? Uh... Mitch Trubisky only had, like, I don't know, seven or so games on on film coming out of college from North Carolina. So it's a little bit different game, but Mitch needs to move the pocket. He needs to use his legs. He needs to be a threat on the ground. Um, So we need to run the ball, set him up, set the play action, move the pocket, roll him out, let him make some easy reads. He's not, like I said earlier when I was talking about the Titans and Ravens game, he's not that pocket quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to decipher and make his reads 
one to two to three to four, it's not going to happen. By that time, he's hung on to the ball too long and he's getting sacked or he's making a bad read. So that's what I mean by setting him up for success. We got to move the pocket, call some plays to get him in a good place. Don't If it's third and long, don't call a play where he's going to sit back in the pocket and try to read the defense because he's really, I mean, he's not very quick. When he's reading the defense, he can't get the ball out. It takes him too long to read what they're in, go through his options, and then bad things happen. So if we can stay ahead of the chains, I think we'll be all right in a lot better position with Mitch back there than Nick Foles. One thing that could really hurt the Bears is missing Roquan Smith. If you watch the Packers game, they destroyed the Bears' defense. Bears were trying to run linebackers with the slots and it wasn't working out they're getting lost so there's a lot of uh, miscommunication that was when Roquan Smith came out of the game because he was injured so hopefully he's back and if he's back I think we have a lot better chance of winning because he's a sideline to sideline player and he can run with just about anyone as being one of the fastest linebackers in the league if he doesn't play uh, I think Breeze will light up our defense by dinking and dunking Again, Breeze is older. He's late in his career. He's thrown for 5,000-yard seasons. But he's at the point where he can he can win by chucking the ball 20 yards or less 30 times a game. If Roquan Smith's in and we can play cover two and keep everything underneath, uh, I don't think Grandpa Breeze can get the ball down the field like he used to. He has weapons in Kamara. And Thomas um, being creative and getting the ball usually isn't a problem for Sean Payton. But uh, if they have to rely on Breeze getting the ball down the field, I think they'll have some trouble. I also expect to see some plays and some formations and a series with Hill in at quarterback, they're going to put him at tight end, they're going to put him at wide receiver, they'll put him at running back. So that's something that our defense will have to prepare and makes it a little bit more difficult for us when he's in the game. Uh, right now the Saints are a 10-point favorite. I think the Saints will win. Uh, definitely if there's no Roquan and we can't establish a run game, it will be very, very tough sledding. But if those two things happen, I think it will be a close game and it could be anybody's game. But I have the Saints winning this game. The final game of the Wild Card Weekend will be between the 11-5 Cleveland Browns and 12-4 Pittsburgh Steelers. This will be the third time they played this season. It'll be a rematch from the final week of the season. Pittsburgh's a six-point favorite. Um, one major difference between this game and last week's game is that Pittsburgh will be playing at all of their starters and uh, the Browns will be playing all their stars, so it won't be a varsity versus JV game, kind of like uh, last week's game. Know that the Steelers' defense finished the year ranked third, even with all their injuries, um, but know that it's had trouble defending here later in the season. I feel like they've gotten worse game by game. Um, I don't know if they're just worn down. Uh, their rush, rushing attack is dead last in the league at 32. So the offense, when they are scoring, probably aren't taking that long to score if they're passing the ball all the time. And that puts the defense out on the field a lot, so that could tire them out. So 
Um, that could be one reason. I'm not sure. But clearly missing Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, that hurts a lot, especially in that 3-4 defense. Uh, Dick LeBeau was very innovative with the 3-4 defense and made it what it is today, why it's ran this league so much. <clears throat> so even with all the great concepts, and in my opinion, they have the defensive player of the year in T.J. Watt, they are going to have a lot of trouble stopping the Browns' offense. They have too many injuries on that side of the ball with half their linebacking core being on the IR. And Baker Mayfield is trusting his teammates. They got the one-two punch with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They got a little smash and dash going there. Um, they can pass to guys out of the backfield. Their offense is just clicking. It's it's fun to watch, and it's also very effective. It's hard to stop. Um, Baker's becoming a good leader. His guys are trusting him. He's trusting his guys to get the job done. He doesn't have all that pressure to win the game with his arm, with all the weapons that he has around them. Uh, obviously, this matchup doesn't need any buildup. As we know, the division rivalry lives on into the playoffs and will be this will be the best game of the weekend in my opinion um one thing you gotta look at is i know i talked about the steelers having a lot of injuries but you gotta look at the browns um they just had joe bitonio i'm probably butchering his name but i believe that's how you say it joe bitonio their guard who's been with the team his whole career finally gets into the playoffs and can't play in the game because of covid that is terrible for them. So that's going to affect the run game a little bit, probably affect their passing a little bit too. So hopefully they've had um, at least a week to work with that backup guy or I don't know who they're going to move, if they move anyone in their line rotation. But that could be something to look at. So look at that left guard position and see how the defense attacks that position and see if it affects the Browns' run game. The Steelers virtually have no run game, like I mentioned earlier. Coming into the game, they're dead last in rushing yards. And against a mediocre defense, which is the Browns, they're about middle of the pack. Um, I don't know how I – I think the Steelers are going to have to rely on passing the ball quite a bit. And if they have some turnovers or have some trouble doing it, I don't know how they come out of the game with a win. I don't think the Browns need any motivation uh, to – Give it their all after just beating the JV team, as some referred to it last week. But uh, I think the Browns have a little chip on their shoulder making the playoffs for the first time in a while. And I think they're out to prove a point, and they win this game with an upset. This will be a great weekend of football uh, with a few division rivalry matchups. So we get to see matchups for the third time of the season and some rematches throughout the season. This has been The Gap Exchange. Thanks for listening.